The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. Travis, are you? That ah, doesn't matter. Tom, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Tom talks. He's got something to say. Tom talks. He's got nothing to say. Tom talks. Tom talks. I got, I got nothing. All right. Well, um, my name's Joel. We're here with Triple Drain. There's three of us, but it doesn't matter. We're really here for one person, one person only. That is Tom Graff. Tom Graff, the owner of a Rush LE pinball machine. And Tom, I know the listeners are just dying. Everybody's just been waiting in anticipation to know, like, what does Tom think? Tom's been staying up late. He can barely sleep. He's been, this is it. This is like Rush Pinball has been, this is the epitome of your pinball, like once and needs ever. So you finally have one. It is in your possession. But what has come to our attention is, is this has been a roller coaster for you. And yes. so- um, Travis and I just want to, you know, kind of walk you through it. You know, we want to hear about it, but, um, I mean, Travis, you are there, right? You didn't like walk away and he's, he's no, I'm, I'm still on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, Loser yeah. kid hasn't called yet. So it's okay. Oh, God. okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, I mean, we've been sending reminders to tell them to ask you and I just think they're ignoring them. But anyways, um, Tom, we okay. want to know, just start at the beginning, you know, you're laying awake at night dreaming. And then you hear that you're going to, I don't just start at the beginning. Go for it, Tom. Oh, I was waiting for the call for my, for my game to ship to me and waiting and waiting and waiting. (laughs) And literally my wife calls me. It's, it's Monday afternoon. She comes home from work and she's like, Oh, uh, she took a picture of it and she's, she basically, she didn't call me. She texted me. She's like, uh, your game's here in the driveway. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, like, yeah. what do you, what do you mean? And she thought I'd be like super happy. Yeah. Well, come lo and behold, the, the game was just sitting in the, in the driveway. Nobody, nobody called me, uh, you know, and, uh, I mean, it was nice to have my game, but. Yeah, But, you know, typically you get a call and they say, hey, we got a game for you. We'll be here at that time. Yada, yada, yada. And uh, that that didn't happen. I just had a Rush LE just sitting in my driveway waiting. And mind you, it's 10 degrees here in Wisconsin. (laughs) So it wasn't raining or snowing. Uh, it was actually, it was like flurries. So it was, it was, (laughs) there was a little moisture contamination. No. But, uh, you know, there were, there were some holes in the box, which had me a little concerned. Mm. Uh, but I ended up, uh, bringing it in the garage and, and when I got home from work and unboxing it, there was some slight damage, nothing major, uh, to some tea molding, but, uh, anyways, got it inside and started playing it, having a good time. And, uh, I've been having some reset issues lately, but, huh. uh, I'm trying to work that out. But what other than that, by, it's been, yeah, what do you yeah. mean by reset issues? So literally I'll be playing the game and all of a sudden the screen will freeze, the, all the lights go off and, uh, nothing. And then mm. if you wait a while, it'll, it'll reset itself, but that 
normally I just turn it off. But, no uh, rhyme or reason? You haven't been able to like pinpoint I, anything specific? I think it has something to do with the time machine, but uh, I'm not 100% positive. Interesting. So I actually, uh, before this podcast, I took a new SD card and, and got the image off of uh, Stern's website and installed it on my game. Uh, played a game, it was fine, but I just got to do more more playing and testing. Okay. So delivery was not, the, the, the stork finally showed up with your, with your new child. <laughs> and it leaves it crying on the driveway. <laughs> but, it, was, yeah. it was definitely yeah. odd. It yeah. was definitely an odd situation. Yeah. Uh, but you got it, unboxed it. And yep. okay, go. So, any once, you know, I know this isn't a, vis, a visible media, but here in Zencaster, the software we use, there's a new button that Travis is just in love with, <laughs> and it's a hand raising button. And so he's over here. Just talk, Travis. I can't get a word in with Tom talking That's... so damn much. <laughs> All right. Uh, I spent five minutes without saying a word. Tom, I just want to uh, know, how is your scoops doing? That's my uh, main concern. Really well. I mean, there is no, uh, the the Cliffy protector that's on it is uh, is pretty much perfect. Awesome. That's, yeah. So that's yeah. even with you hitting the shot over and over it, again? It's yeah. holding up steady? Okay, awesome. Yeah. There you go. So problem solved, right? I, I think so. I mean, I don't know when Stern's going to start shipping them to all the pro uh, owners and Oh, you know, you know you gotta, I mean, you're, you're you, L elitist, you know, we're, we're yeah. not worried about the pro owners. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am Travis. Oh, mm. he's for the people. <laughs> for the people. My yeah. question is though, I mean, I've had games where I've had wear on them and with all, everybody taking them off and then if they're going to reapply them, I think there's going to be some issues with that. If you have like a ton of wear around your scoop. They're still going to bend, I would think. Well, the fix, it looks like it's just the, the the previous scoop, but there's kind of these two metal, I don't know, prongs, prongs yeah. teeth. It's not a fork, but a two <laughs> teeth that, are, that kind of come out and kind of hold down the edge of the scoop. Like, it's weird. It's not something I've seen on any other scoop ever, but... Um, I actually had a chance and we're going to talk about it later, but I had a chance to actually play a rush LE yesterday and this was on location and yeah, it, um, like the scoop location, looks fine location, on location LE on, on location. LE. Oh, yes. aren't you guys nice. just fancy up there? Uh, well, we'll talk about it. Not me. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm taking no ownership <laughs> of that, but, um, no, it, um, I mean the scoop looked great and this, I, I guarantee that has more plays than, than your machine, Tom. So it's, it's sure. working. Um, are you sure about that? Tom Maybe has not. a rush. He has a rush at his house. <laughs> Maybe not. But um. But okay. So Tom, you've you, uh, yes. you know a few little things. But overall, overall impressions. I mean, I, I have you know I have a sound bite and I play it uh, probably more often than I should. But you, <laughs> before you even touched the game, said this was the greatest game ever made. I mean, what's your you know true opinion now that you have it in your possession? It, it plays really well. I mean, the the shots are phenomenal. I think. I mean. There's there's not a shot on the game that I don't think is makeable. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a word. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay. But uh yeah, I mean I 
for me, it's hard because everybody knows I'm a big Rush fan. So it's like, what do you think of the game? And it's like, yeah, I love it because it's Rush. Well, this yeah. is your you know, chance, Tom. Your podcast. You tell the you <laughs> yeah. tell the audience and the viewers or the listeners yeah. what you if, think about Rush. Your time to shine. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but if you did, I mean, if you wanted to play that game, like if you swapped out the music for somebody else, like if you're truly looking at it based on shot, based on code, like yeah. if you just replaced it with a different rock band, I'm assuming your view of the game would still be very positive like it's not just that it's rush that it's you know appetizing to you yeah i mean you know rules layout i I think it's to me a top 10 game but you know that's just me you know i like i say i compare it to x-men just because the the shot layout similar and to me x-men is really clunky and this game does not feel clunky the shots are really makeable and keep the ball alive. I love the, the Vuck coming back to your flipper, you know, although when I've played the pro, I honestly, that, that target shot does not bother me at all. You know, you're a little out of control, but it's not, uh, it's not like Led Zeppelin when you hit the hermit target. Yeah. I have, I'm currently borrowing a pro from Zach and Nicole at Flipping Out. So thank you for letting me do that. Um, and I'm enjoying the pro, but I will say after playing the LE yesterday, the two things that definitely stood out to me were one, that Vuck shot, having the ball safely return to your flipper uh, is awesome. And the delay, uh, what I mean is like if you're in a multi ball and you hit the stand up on a pro, that ball is going right back into chaos. Like, and you're trying to focus on that while if you're in a multi ball, on a premium or LE, that ball is going to be safely delivered back to you while the other balls are in play. So that buck yeah. is, is actually really nice. But the other thing that stood out to me, and I'm, I'm going to credit Raymond on it because Raymond Davidson is, he's been on a few of my streams talking to me and I've told him, I'm like this time machine shot, it's right up the middle, but it's, it's harder to hit than I thought it was going to be. And Raymond always says, he goes, I think the pro is a tighter shot than the premium and LE. He said on the pro, you have two round posts on the LE, the way it's designed, you just have those vertical kind of slivers of a rubber stopper. And I, I mean, I'm not bringing out a ruler, but I I will tell you (laughs) after playing the LE yesterday, I absolutely had more success hitting the ramp on the LE than I did on my pro. So just having what? The ramp, no, the okay, ramp. There we yeah. go. Right. <laughs> Hitting the ramp on the the le, it definitely. I mean, I think it was an easier shot. And um, the one thing we were worried about when we saw the video, we're like, well, what's that ramp gonna do when it's down? Like you're just bashing a metal like wall. I didn't have any issues with that at all. So my my you know limited. Ex- I have a lot of experience on the pro, but playing you know a premium le model, I definitely see the added benefit of the premium LE, not to mention that LE had the expression lighting kit and oh man, those lights just take those music pins over the top. So good. See that. So I've been told this by a few people and I haven't got to experience it myself because I haven't got to play it on a premium or LE yet, but I've been told by those that have played both the pro and the LE that this is one of the largest noticeable differences between those two models that they can remember in recent memory. So, I mean, is that a fair statement? I've heard that from multiple people. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like, the Stranger Things Pro 
compared to the Stranger Things Premium LE, and my mind is like that is a huge, like a night and day different, like the print, like just overall experience with the project that stands out in in my mind. But I will tell you, watching the video originally, I was I was thinking like, oh, not that big of a difference. Like you're not missing too much out. Like I just didn't the initial teaser. It wasn't a obvious like but like Joel, like Godzilla. Joel. Joel, what, what, Travis? what, what is, about what about Rush though? You're you're talking about Stranger Things. You got off in the weeds no, here. No, no, I'm talking <laughs> about Rush. That in, when you said what's the biggest notable it difference? Oh, he's relating. Okay, yes. sorry, Follow- Joel Rogan. You keep going, yeah. brother. Wow. Okay. My fault. So Tom is following me. All right. Okay. You just just drink your tea. Wake up a little bit. You'll get there. Yeah. But- it's green tea. It helps with the voice. So, no, what what I'm saying, I think I think the first game that came to mind, biggest difference between a pro and a, and a premium or something like Stranger Things was the first thing that popped in my head. But now that I'm talking, the reality is like Godzilla is another one. Godzilla, the difference between a pro and a premium is is very big in my yeah, mind. It is. When I originally saw the trailer for Rush, I didn't think there was that much of a difference. But now that I've played the games. I disagree with myself. I, I absolutely now have experienced the difference and I see the value in that difference. So um, I would I would support somebody paying the extra money to get the premium uh, at this point. The LDs are gone. So if you're if you're in that, you know, shopping for a Rush LE I, or Rush, Rush premium, I would suggest the premium, I think, feels better. So, Joel, did you notice one feature in the game that's not that's kind of underutilized on the on, pr- premium LE version. Uh, the fork. <laughs> no, about, no, 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 that's, that's, um, I mean, I noticed the, the drum, the drum mech, yep. you know, seeing the, 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 the hand of the clock go around. Uh, that's kind of cool. It's, it's easier to see that. The Teolos button. <laughs> <laughs> the, the action. Do you know button? what I'm referring I, to Travis? I, no, I don't. So, okay, so, hang, hang on. Let me think. Don't okay. give it away yet. Okay, okay Joel, okay. what could it be? What could it be? The only just, so we what need are to get the into actual... the mind. We need to get into the mind of Tom Graf <laughs> okay, right now. I, I knew this Russian. was going to happen. Realistically, what are the actual differences? You have the fork on the left. You have oh. the drum mech. Yep. That's just a toy. You have the ramp that goes up and down. Tom, that, just to make sure this is on the play field, right? You're not yes, going to like... Yes, okay. it's on the play yeah. field. I was going to be like, oh, the artwork in the, in the yeah. gym. Okay. Yeah, the Ellie... Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a fe- um, feature of the game. You know what? It's not I, utilized. I, the I would fuck probably, is used? I would say maybe the, the LED lights on the ramp. Nope. Like, that's a big difference. I thought they no, were used. That's that? that's actually pretty cool how those oh, are... Oh, is he saying underutilized? 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 I don't know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, what's Ray and Timmy messing up on that Tom notices? What so, underutilized? So, uh, there's supposed to be a two ball lock from the scoops. Oh, I, I will tell you the scoop. Yeah, so on the pro, all the balls spit out of the front. Oh. On the premium and LE, you can have a ball spit out to the right, which is really interesting. After That's somebody's right. played a lot of time on the pro, when you see the ball go in the scoop, I am prepared for that ball to come at me, <laughs> and so to see that ball then go directly out to the right. Uh, it did surprise me, but is it supposed to hold a ball down there? I believe so. Oh, I doesn't. did not. Yeah, then I haven't felt that or experienced that. Yeah. Okay. okay, so it has a staged ball down there. And then does the ball go into the rush targets or does it go to the upper flipper when it gets fired Oh, it goes out? straight to the right. It's, so it's hitting the, the targets. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, there's like a window in the play field. And I know on the pro, like it's just to, you can kind of just see the ball roll by. But right. if it's supposed to stage, is it supposed to like hold a ball down there so you can see that there's a ball down yeah. there in the, in the. I believe so. Huh. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I mean, we're they're not, not the, done. We're not the LE yeah. owner. I don't know. Yeah. They're not, they're not done. But I, but yeah, I mean, the main things that stood out, uh, the cool little mechs, I, I mean, the cool little visual toys being the drum and then the ramp, I, I think were visually very cool. Yes. Um, but the Vuck shot is nice and, and having the ramp be easier to hit is very nice because that, that center ramp is, is crucial because <laughs> that's how you, that's how you finish your combos or collect your combos. That's how you start, uh, some of the main multi balls in the game. That's how you start your mode. Um, it's a uh, yeah, it's important. Um, as a huge Rush fan, it's uh, it's it's a great game. Yeah, it's I I think it feels like I'm enjoying. It. I'm not the huge Rush fan, but I am enjoying playing the game. And so for both of you guys, though, the the main thing that stu- has stood out to me in this rule set. And especially after talking to Raymond so much about it, is there's so much freedom and flexibility here to build the potential value of things before you even start them. So it's a constant gamble. Like it's a the drum bonus. Drum bonus is absurd, but even just like collecting records before you start a mode, it's like how far do you want to push it before you even start the thing? Joel, are you are you 130%. aware? 130%. Are you aware? Yeah. <laughs> Are you aware of the drum bonus uh, exploit? I do currently? not know the exploit, but it's got to get written out. And, like, and I don't know yeah. either. I know Travis. You were telling me that uh, Carlos Laserlos did it. Yeah, I know Carlos did it. Uh, Eric Stone did it the other day, and I figured it out. I mean, it's basically I had like one and a half billion on ball one with the drum bonus built up to three hundred million or four hundred million per shot. Wow. So it, it's going to get nerfed, but if you're if you have a rush right now, a cool little, little party trick, and actually this will probably be gone by the time we get this out. So I don't even know if it's worth saying, but if you're on old code, just basically hit the pops a lot, build up your drum bonus, put a multiplier on there, make sure you get your drumstick targets, and you just keep well and away. You go to the right in lane, go to the left orbit immediately, and you'll keep building that up. And that's basically the whole the whole thing, and it's just it's a lot of fun to do. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. of course, it, that can't stay in there because then the whole game becomes that eventually. But yeah. yeah, just echoing what Joel was saying though, there's a lot of interesting options when you're dealing with the combo system and you're dealing with collecting records. And like Tom referred to earlier, when you deal with collecting records and making your modes worth more, I yeah. think that's a really cool yeah. nuance to it. Well. Um, Jeff Teolis from Pin- Pinball Profile, he's he's hopped on my stream a few times and he actually Also mentioned, final round on TPN. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, but that's giving Marty credit, right? I mean, do we want to bring him in? Yes. Well? I mean, he hasn't killed off any, any uh, one of us point. yet, so <laughs> you're probably next, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I know, crap. Good luck, brother. Whoops. Uh, Martin, who do you want to kill, Joel yeah. or Travis? Yeah. Joel, I, I 100%. I knows that answer. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so Jeff mentioned... He's like, don't shoot anything but flashing records. Like, just keep shooting flashing records. And I think he had a mode. He's like, before I even started a mode, I was at, I think he said like 230% or 280%. Like, he's like, that's the best score I've ever had. And and what's crazy to me, though, is the fact that when you're building records, it carries ball to ball. So you could just commit and be like, I'm going to spend all of ball one collecting records. 
And then, you know what? I'm going to spend all of ball two continuing to collect records. And then come ball three, I'm going to actually start my mode. Like if you really wanted to risk it, you could do that. Um, that So it's almost like you're really not risking it until you finally start your mode and hope you have a really good mode. And if you have everything set up in a way where um, Raymond had said that, you know, it's whatever, five hits to the to the uh, time machine to get your first multi-ball, like we'll hit the time machine four times and then start your, you know, collect records for days. And then the next time you hit the time machine, you're going to start your mode and a time machine all at the same time. And you could just, you know, put up something crazy. So it'll be from a tournament strategy standpoint, like it could be really interesting to see people. And we've kind of talked about this on triple combo. Like you have different strategies of like, well, I spend ball one preparing and then ball two, I actually initiate this goal. Like in this game, you could spend ball one and two literally just preparing and then ball three, hope to just blow it up, Um, which is, I don't know to me, like, it's this is a weird game for me because normally when I'm playing games, all I care about is progressing through the game. And for whatever reason, I just have not had any interest in doing that. Like, I don't even know what happens after I complete like certain. Mo- I've just only been focusing on score. My high score is pathetic. I'm not very good at it, but it's just like it's that it's it's interesting to me because I know we still love you, Joel. Thank you. Thank you. But it's but it's knowing that it's knowing that I'm like this gamble this like, man, if I can just push this, though. I could really, that could make this so much better. Well, I think too, one of the great things about this game is you have a lot of options close to the start button. So you're not necessarily picking your path or anything like that, but you have a lot of options that you could go with to where you could either try to hit drop targets to get some bonus built up there or, or, you know, something going from there. You could hit the rush targets to try to get, what is it, the Bastille hurry up going which can be pretty good you can collect records to make things worthwhile you could stick with multi-ball i mean there's just there's a lot of options here or you could just hit combos and get a combo jackpot too you could build that up as well or you could build up your drum bonus as of right now which i'm sure it's going to change a little bit but yeah there's just a lot of different options to go with early on and i find it really uh really interesting with how everything was integrated with that when you see the combo system and everything i think that's what's catching my eye the most about this. And I do think that this game is going to be in tournaments a lot in the future. I really yeah. do. And, 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 you know, with, with people like Raymond and Timmy behind the, you know, behind the wheel, I, they're not gonna, they're not gonna allow there to be some blatant exploit in the game like that. No, they, the last no. thing they want is if they're, if their game becomes a tournament favorite, they don't want it to be the one, you know, do the one thing kind of situation. But I mean, Tom, this has been in your possession for a while now. Like when you go down there and hit the start button, do you find yourself really just trying to build and build and try to put up that massive score? Or are you actually trying to work your way through the game? You know, the actual kind of progression of the game. Well, I was kind of trying to work my way through the game until I found out the wizard modes aren't in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You see that, Joel? And I was like, oh. I don't have that problem. Like I went through all the time machine multi-balls and all the other multi-balls and nothing happened. Yeah. Well, one day. You're too good, too quick. That's what it is. Oh, I just just want to see more rush. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, that's great. Yeah. We have done something well, though. We've set a new record. What's that? The longest Tom talks ever? Hell yeah. We did it. It took rush, but we did it. We actually, we interrupted you plenty, but Tom, do you want to wrap it up? I mean, this has been your baby and we're going to be coming back to it for sure. But do you have anything else to say about where you're currently at with rush? No, no, I'm good. Perfect. Tom talked. 
I'm glad that's over with. <laughs> you could go, yeah. It's time for you to go smoke a cigarette or something. Like, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we should. This is triple drain. Now that we got that out of the way, let's actually, you know, do our normal uh, podcast. Travis, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that, um, you know, you can contribute at this point. Um, <laughs> well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, we have these awesome songs, so might as well play it. We we we're, we're three guys who like to talk and ball. So we came up with a clever name. We're Joel and Travis Tom who talk and ball. And we call ourselves Triple Drink, Triple Drink, Triple Drink. We're Triple Triple Drink. Triple Drink. There we go. So for all those people that have just been, you know, gotten used to skipping the first, I don't know, minute of our podcast, that's what our intro sounds like. Um, <laughs> you know, it's normally we play it at the beginning, but hey, 24, 25 minutes in, why not? Right. Um, yeah. So we have a few other things to discuss, believe it or not. I know, I don't know, Tom, if, you know, there is other things going on in pinball right now. I mean, I know Rush has basically been your everything at the moment yes. but there i mean there are other things um so what do we want to talk about next travis did a really good job of typing i wish you guys could see this stuff but God, the the number of misspelled words it, it's literally <laughs> hey, it's I a tried. list it's a list number no 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 wait 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 before we make me sound like podunk oklahoma let's address this my, my, key, my keyboard is at a weird angle i've got my mic in front of me and i'm doing joel's job oh. by lifting out what we need even, to talk about even though joel listed yeah. everything already i was yeah if you scroll i had yeah, already typed it's like it, it was these numbered. run-on sentences and i'm like i can't <laughs> do that i need everything it's, in the perfect alignment i podcast if, if you say three words points. is a run-on sentence. yeah run-on sins for travis is three <laughs> words in a row well no i i podcast by bullet point that's all we need so if we look at this is a list of five items and just to let the all listeners right. know they are numbered put number they're numbered three one twice. two three three four so that, <laughs> whatever whatever i actually put three twice all right three is just very important okay? and you spelled podcast with two d's you, <laughs> you know what <laughs> my finger got stuck on the d okay uh, sticky well, that doesn't, keyboard, that huh? doesn't sound right. right either does it the, the oh, finger got God. stuck on the d all right well thank you travis once again thank you for being here always a pleasure um i spelled weird al correctly uh, okay um and then the other thing for the listeners to know uh, is uh you know you have to type your name when you start Z- zencaster in and i happen to have interviewed keith elwin last time i was on this mic and so travis's name is not keith elwin that's what he typed in not keith elwin so um that makes me happy i think that's funny so good job travis i'm just letting you know because mm-hmm. i'm well aware there's been a trade that's been attempted oh. to be made with for me, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have put me up in exchange for potentially Keith Elwin yeah. and a lot of cash coming your guys' way <laughs> as well. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's a lot of cash going with yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. but I, so, I think we'd have to pay Keith. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I I'm don't think of, you can upgrade from Keith. I mean, 
No, 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 you can't. Like, I'm aware that this is like a tryout just to replace me, and it's okay. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, I don't. What's funny is this whole. This is all self inflicted. You're the only one who's talked about wanting to leave. But anyways, it's we're, we're going to move on. So, uh, list. Josh number- has offered me a spot as the number five uh, potential backup co-host. Okay, the number, <laughs> the number two. So let's review this list. Number one, Tom. Good job. You one one word sentence. You nailed it. Number two uh, on the to do list. You typed in Weird Al. He spelled it correctly. Two words. He did it. Nice job, Travis. So Weird Al, uh, P three Multimorphic, and that's so Multimorphic is the company. P three is their system. They have released uh, or announced a new game, and that is uh, it's Weird Al. What is it? Museum of Natural Hilarity. There you go. exclamation mark as well so you got to say it really loud so that is their next game this is their first licensed game um it was teased prior that this is like a dream theme for a bunch of the people involved um i don't know initial responses or reactions when you guys saw that that was the that was the theme should have did rush (laughs) no just kidding yeah uh i thought it looked uh i thought it looked pretty cool when i saw the the layout and everything. Um, yeah. I, yeah, 17 songs, something like that. Yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. So my initial reaction, cause this will crack some people up maybe, or at least it cracks myself up. But Joel, what did we say right before it was announced? I said something like, watch it be weird Al or just yeah. something like that. And yeah. then it turns out like 30 minutes later, it gets announced. It's weird Al. And so for me personally, I'm not, a huge fan of the theme, but I'm just not a big Weird Al fan either. Like I listened to yeah. him when I was like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. But after that, when I discovered girls, I just stopped <laughs> listening and that's no dig at anybody else. Oh, wow. That's yeah. just what that happened was a, with me. That was definitely a dig. That was not a dig because there's plenty of Weird Al fans that are not virgins and that are married and have plenty <laughs> of kids, Tom. We know, I know several fans just like that. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is, is I just kind of fell off of the music. Like yeah. I enjoy the yeah. music at a certain point. And so it's just not a theme that talks to me. But that being said, I recognize that this theme is great for pinball. Just because I don't like the theme doesn't mean it's not great for pinball. I think it's a tremendous theme for pinball. And I'm happy for the people that are very much into it. And obviously looking at the pin, it seems like that they've captured a lot of what Weird Al is all about. Just looking at it. Now, obviously, we haven't seen it played yet. So I'd be curious about that. But no, for the people that love Weird Al, I'm happy for them. And who knows? Maybe after playing it, I might get back into some Weird Al music. I don't know. I like yeah. the, what was it? The, uh, what was his Gangster Paradise song? Which one was that? Amish Paradise. I, Amish Paradise. Yeah. Yep. See, there you go. See, that was a cool song. I remember yeah. that. No, they're all, I mean, the guy is, the guy is good at what he does. There's yes, no denying absolutely. that. Yep. Not only is he musically talented, but his lyrics are comical. I mean, for what he does, comedic, you know, um, whatever remakes of songs, who do, there's nobody that does it better. I mean, and, and no. Weird Al is known by everybody. I mean, everybody's heard Weird Al at some point. So, I mean, for, for a first license for a smaller company like P3 to go out and grab a license and find one as recognizable as Weird Al, I mean, that's awesome. Um, what I will say is, is, you know, it was always rumored that it was going to be a video game theme. So I was so focused on what potential video game type themes it was, was going to be that that's what I was looking forward to. Like I was looking forward to seeing a video game, 
come into pinball and I just wanted to see how that was going to be done. So when I initially saw Weird Al, I was like, oh man, like I was, I wanted a video game and that wasn't a video game. And then the other thing was they had told us Scott Denisi was doing the music. So when I heard that, I was the last thing I thought we were going to get was a music pin by an artist, you know, like I just assumed it was going to have a ton of Scott Denisi music in it. What I've come to learn is Scott Denisi has written every other musical note in the game besides the whatever 16 17 songs so all of the background music that plays transition stuff you know i don't know everything everything in the game sound effects all that stuff so it's kind of cool that scott has been given this opportunity to kind of like orchestrate everything in a pinball you know the rest of the pinball machine so i have no doubt i mean when we when i saw the reveal the art looks great it looks very like fun and colorful. Um, there's a ton of mechs in it. Those look really fun. They've redesigned some of the stuff on the P3. Like the scoops are servo-driven now instead of um, coil-driven. So the way that they raise up and down looks cooler. They're brighter. The back box has been redesigned. I mean, I don't. this is the best that the P3 platform has ever looked. And that's great. I'm glad they're heading in the right direction. I mean, this is this game looks really good but um i mean i'm still at a point and i'm curious if you guys but it's still it's not a teaser video of a theme that i'm okay about was it's it, it still isn't enough to push me in to to make me take the plunge um i mean I it's it's one of those things that we talked about this before that in order for multimorphic to start being very very relevant with their platform they needed some type of theme that drove the platform and they yeah. finally found the theme obviously like we said as soon as we heard it announced we we're like okay this is actually this is going to sell out there's no doubt it just it's a matter of when yeah and so this is the perfect theme for just to drive pinball cells now the question becomes then it turns to a manufacturing thing how you know how quickly can they get this out yeah. i don't know i have no idea i don't know their capability but that being said i mean it's a home run theme for them i'm happy that they were able to secure it and get it made because i mean hell this day and age we've already seen plenty of pinball companies come and go to where they promise these themes and then they never deliver so the reality is is this is a machine i have to assume it's going to get made and so i mean i i feel pretty good about where they're at on things you know it's just the only thing that i had at the very beginning i was so confused on how much it was going to be what was what and i could tell that there was a lot of other people confused by that and i didn't think necessarily that it was going to affect them selling out i thought if anything it would affect them down the line because to me when i look at the multimorphic business i think of it more or less you're not necessarily selling themes you're selling a platform because you want people to adopt this platform that's modular in nature and therefore you want to sell all kinds of other modules for it And so to me, that would be the most important part of this whole process. And I'm very curious to to find out, and I don't know if we'll ever find this out, with how many people that bought into the Weird Al, you know, or bought into this platform with Weird Al, how many of those are first time P3 adopters? Like how many of them, how, how many people got convinced, okay, I need to take the leap and get the whole entire platform and go from there. And that, that'll be the major driver to me moving forward. They've never announced how many P3 like games, actual uh, core units are out there. They've never announced that. Um, 
I doubt they ever will. I did see a post that Jerry said that said they've sold more than every projected number that anybody's thrown out. So anything they've, oh. read, I mean, which I don't know. I don't know. So if it, somebody guessed they've made 200, Jerry's saying they've made more than that. But I mean, um, Tom, you're, I mean, you buy a lot of games. Are you, are you in a position where P3 is, you know, potentially getting your money? I, I'd say there's potential, but, you know, kind of like Travis, the, the word elf theme is is it it didn't push me to go into getting one yeah so i i think the theme is great um that they're that they're going that route but um you know it just it, it it's not like rush calling me you know yeah yeah well that- i think the the biggest thing too i think that will push at least people in Tom and I's position, I think that will help us kind of go more towards the platform is as long as they have people like Bowen and Colin McAlpine doing the rules or rules advising. Cause to me, that's an important part of it. It's yeah, a game needs to shoot well, but it also needs to be fun from a software standpoint that you actually have things to shoot at. That's making you think about why are you shooting at this and what is this worth and what does this mode do? And to me, that's really important. I think that's a huge step in the right direction, having those two on this game. I mean, I, I think that that's going to pay massive dividends on the back end of this whole thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I have been watching the, um, the pin side thread because when, when sales were happening, one of the first, like, well, for one, they took sales via email. So, so many people just set up an automatic email to be sent at at nine o'clock on the dot. And what's absurd is how many orders, because people were tracking that of like when they ch- they checked their outbox, like when did the when did the email actually go out, and then what order number they got. And it looks like the first order number came in at like right around thirteen hundred. So, I don't know if that means in the history of Multimorphic. There's been 1,300 orders placed over the last, I don't know how many, I don't know. But it it was right around 1,300 was where it started. And I think they ended up over 2,000. So I think there was like roughly 700 plus orders that happened in a day. But what's crazy is there were people that were like, my email went out at 9.04. And I was, they were like, like, I don't know, three or 400 orders deep, you know? And they were, that's just, just a few minutes after nine. So they were just like hundreds of orders, literally hundreds of emails just plopped into their inbox at nine o'clock on the dot. And, um, and what's even weirder now is because people know that they know their order number, they're now getting projected build dates. And it seems like it's kind of a wave thing. So I saw there were a handful of people that were like, I was at nine o'clock and their projected build date is like September or October of this year. They're like, I was right at, I could not have sent the email earlier and I'm, I'm September or October of this year. And then there's some people that are like, I'm January of next year. And I was at nine Oh two. I'm March of next year. And I was nine Oh four. Um, which is crazy. That's crazy. That, that, that few minute gap is putting you, you know, that far back but i did read one post one person said they i forget what order number they said i think it was like 1303 or something that they said they're in the first half of this year Hmm. so i don't know how that's because we kind of talked about this it looked like jerry had kind of made a comment this is the owner of of multimorphic that like teasing the theme was all about gauging interest so 
I don't know how many parts they've ordered. I have no like I don't know I don't know how prepared they are to manufacture these games. But if somebody's received a uh, a projected date of the first half of this year, that means they're getting a, it's either a full built game or maybe they were just a module, but they're supposed to be getting that within the next 3 months. I mean, so did they say how many games are going to produce like a a week? That no. No. I'll, we, I mean, they said the LEs, the LEs were 227 yeah. have sold out, but we have no idea if that's out of 227, we have no idea if that's 150 modules and 77, like not module. Yeah. A hundred modules right. and 77, like full units. We don't know. So obviously we would think the module is going to take way less time than a full unit plus a module. But Jerry's also said that they're. it's not like they're saying, hey, we're going to do all the modules first and then start doing the units. Or the opposite, we're going to do all the units first to get the new people in and then the modules. And then what's also interesting is I know people that have placed orders for units before, like they were in on a P3 with Heist. And then they basically said, hey, we don't want Heist. Let's wait for the new unit. So it's like people have already been waiting months. And now, like, where are they in line? Um, because technically the order was placed before nine o'clock. I, I don't know. Well, I have no not idea. only that where, where in line is the people that ordered through a distributor because it was on their yeah. Facebook that they announced their, they were sold out. And then three hours later they announced, well, you can also get these LEs that are supposedly sold out at these distributors. So I'm kind of curious to, to see like how many people missed out on an LE but then they could have just contacted just these four or five distributors, whoever it was, and get on on an LE. Like, I don't know. That, that part was kind of confusing to me. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's that big a deal. It's just, it's interesting to see how this is going to play out because we truly don't, out of anybody in the pinball industry right now, we know more about Deep Roots manufacturing capabilities <laughs> than we do multimorphic. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, there's just, there's, there's no telling. Like, I no idea how yeah. this is going to play out. I don't, I mean, I hope that they can get everything out in a timely fashion. I mean, this day and age, obviously everybody listening to this podcast is well aware. It's very difficult to get a new inbox machine in a timely manner right now for obvious reasons. And that is becoming even more difficult right now. And so I'm curious to see how that's going to play out over this next year. I mean, there are people that are getting into this hobby right now that they just want a game. They just want a game. Just give me whatever's available. And um, and I guarantee people are calling distributors up and being like, "What do you do? You have anything?" And unfortunately, it doesn't sound like P three is going to be a quick or easy way to get into the industry at this point. I mean, P three is basically they're going to be busy for the next year and a half, easy um, focusing on this, just this. And and I and I. I think it would be interesting is like if you are a P3 owner and you decide, Hey, I, I want to buy heist, you know, like <laughs> are they going to squeeze in the other modules at some point? Or if, if you happen to place an order that you're like, all right, I'm taking the plunge. I want the the core system. I want uh weird Al. I want heist and I want, you know, Cannon Lagoon. Are you going to get them all at once? Or they're going to be like, nah, you can, <laughs> you can wait. Or maybe they're pulling a cannon lagoon off the shelf, you know, and, <laughs> and just here, we'll send that to you now, but it's going to be eight months before you actually get your core unit to play it. I, I don't know, but, um, I'll, I'll be waiting to see. I mean, I, every, everybody that's ordered something from P3 prior has gotten it. So this isn't, uh, 
you know, this isn't like a highway pinball or something where people are, let's hope that they actually show up kind of thing. Well, the question is too, is how is this going to play? Because we have yet to see any gameplay, but it's coming up, what, this Saturday via Buffalo Pinball? Um, I believe, or is it two Saturdays from now? It was in the teens. I remember it, seeing. Is it at TPF? No. no. Well, no, yes, no, no. no. It will be. It the the, well, the game will be at TPF, but there's a stream. The stream that's yeah, the stream reveal won't be at TPF. I think Buffalo Pinball. Somebody from there is flying down. Yeah, Kevin. to the multi. Okay, yeah. So, which is, I think it's crazy because like every spooky reveal, Jack Danger's done the stream. Every stern reveal, Jack Danger's done the stream. The last whatever four JJP reveals, Kevin and Nick when you know Buffalo Pinball's done the reveal, and then Kevin did the reveal of the last few P3 games. So it's like it's we're in a. I mean, Fliptronic did do the reveal, the one stream of Raza, but it's basically like you have two entities doing all pinball reveal streams for all manufacturers. I, it's I have true. the I have the breaking news. Oh, let's see it. Let's. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so 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 god damn it uh so kevin, <laughs> so kevin main said uh it's happening Manny. yes yeah i'm headed i'm headed to texas next week to bring you the first gameplay stream of word l museum of natural hilarity live from the multimorphic headquarters march 19th Eight Eastern, seven Central on Buffalo Pinball, only on Twitch. There we go. There you go. Breaking there it is. news. If it's if you're listening to this, otherwise it's been on Facebook for like days. So sorry, sorry, Kevin. No, but so the nineteenth. I mean, I I will. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the stream. I mean, everything we've heard so far. I know Becca and Jordan have played it. They with Fliptronic. They were in the promo video. I know the flipping and mashing guys. Um, Parnell and Ryan, I think is their name. They they play. I mean, everybody's just been gushing over how well it shoots and the this, the feeling of the shots and all that. So uh, it'll be great. It'll be great to actually. See, I mean, I want to. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see how the the modes work out. Um, I think what's great is Raymond Davidson, number one pinball player in the world, is also like number one <laughs> Weird Al fan in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> he uh, like. Even he is his interest is is peaked, you know, and um, but I I don't think he has the patience to wait a year for a game. He's gonna he could buy and completely destroy and beat like five or six games in that same time period. So. He'll probably win it at some pinball tournament or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. A random side note, and it's and it's because you're talking about Buffalo Pinball. Nick Nick Lane, who's one of the other guys at Buffalo Pinball. He his his favorite game of all time is uh, Pirates, and I know, and I know, both him and Kevin bought Pirates. I mean, when it, they were announced, they were they were talking up how great great the game is. You're talking Nick about has, the Stern or the JJP? No, JJP. One. Okay. He has been. They have like Let's Nick has said. Clear. Nick has said Pirates is his favorite game of all time. Like he loves it, and Nick is a very heavy tournament player. Um, I saw on Facebook he put it up for sale, and what was hilarious was the 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 reason behind it, the reasoning behind it. And he's like, why am I doing this? And he goes, this is my favorite game, but why am I doing this? Because I don't play it. It's like a museum piece. It's almost like a flex that he has it, but it's worth like $25,000 right now. And he goes, I would rather sell that to buy. And the games he wants to buy 
are Rush Premium and Godzilla Premium. And he said, I said something like, games. Hey, I know. And he goes, I've, I've become a stern simp recently. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, credit to Nick and his just blunt um, honesty. But he goes, they are crushing. He just said Stern is crushing it with code. And he just can't yeah. miss that. And and I agree with him. I mean, Godzilla and Rush, this code is just absurd. I Travis got, is got, thinking hard. Well, yeah. no, I got to ask Tom. Tom, yeah. how's your uh, how's your Pirates LE doing? <laughs> I, which one? Your, your JJP oh, that, Pirates. That's long gone. Yeah. Oh, you sold it? Yes. A couple of years ago. Yeah, not not for twenty two <laughs> or twenty five thousand either. Yeah. It's okay. We're gonna go find it, Tom, and we're gonna get it back for you. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, what, I'm good. I'm good. I can't buy. I can't buy a game for that price. To to wrap up that thought though is uh, Nick actually then later posted. And he said, "I played this game tonight, and I've decided to keep it for now." Oh, really? <laughs> so oh, he has wow. to keep it. Yeah. So I mean, oh, I gosh. I get that. Every every you know everybody's had that game where they 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 play it a bunch and they're like, "I hate this game. It's going." Or like, "I I don't love it." You know, I don't love it. And then you you just turn it back on and you 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 blow it up or something, and then you fall back in love with it. Like I. I know the feeling, but I mean, I feel for Nick in that struggle. This game's worth because he probably bought that for what? I mean, eight grand. I mean, how much was were those when they came out? It was They're less nine, than ten. They were ninety-five. Yeah, ninety-five. Yeah, ninety-five. And so yep. for it to be uh, twenty, I mean, I don't blame him. If, and if that's his logic, for me, I could sell this and end up with a rush. Like Nick Lane loves uh, Led Zeppelin. He 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 loves Led Zeppelin and the Led Zeppelin code. And Tom, do you, I mean, both of you guys, do you agree? Do you feel that that yeah. Rush has taken all the great things that Led Zeppelin has and like improved it almost code wise? Like the code. Uh, they're very different games, I think, but personally. I think what helps if we're, if we're going to get into comparing Rush to Led Zeppelin, what helps with Rush is one, they have a lot more assets available. Yes. And two, the design is just quite simply superior. Yeah. And you know, that could be for a variety of reasons, but just, I mean, some people might think Led Zeppelin design is superior and that's, that's fair in Joel's words. But that being said, Rush just has the total package when it comes to comparing those two things, but kind of, kind of coming back around though to pirates, this will crack you guys up. So we were in on a pirates LE back in the day. Cause Monica is just a fanatic over the pirates stuff. So we have like a signed Johnny Depp, picture of him as jack sparrow we have the stern pirates which is her baby will never let it go and we went to go play it and at tpf when it was down there the jjp version and this is a few years ago and she just loved it she's like i gotta have it i gotta have it so i'm like okay you know happy wife and pinball let's let's get it let's do this yeah, yeah and then as soon as they announced that the disc would no longer have the three spinning disc <laughs> and it would just go to one she was like, okay, I'm out. She just, she could, she was so mad about that that she was out. And now I look back on it and it was like a $12,000 angry decision. And I'm like, shit, that could have been a lot of money, but you know. Yeah. Have you pointed that out to her? I bet she'd love to hear the, about the mistakes that oh, she's yeah. made. Oh yeah. She's probably listening to this right now on the podcast and <laughs> sweetie, I apologize so much. Please do not make me go to the couch or go back mm. to Tom's house again. So. Well, <laughs> the reality is, uh, being that you have brought up Monica, um, Monica, I've heard is a, I think she's actually proven that she's a better play pinball player than you. Um, last term, <sighs> the two of you played in, she uh. 
far outperformed you. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. The last tournament we played in. Okay, yeah, she actually finished ahead of me at the last tournament yeah, we yeah. played in too. Oh, yeah, so I th- she's done that two I out of three times now. I think we're officially, you know, Neil's dad and Ouch. Monica's husband. I mean, I think that's just where we're at. How dare you? <laughs> Monica's going to listen to this with her one headphone because you lost all of her other headphones. And she's going to listen to it and be shaking her head going, yep, yep, yep. You, you know, she's so she's finally put it together. I'll give her that. No, okay. she, She's finally put it together. It took a few years and a few beers, a lot of wine, uh, and she finally she finally figured it out. Now, like, I've told her this whole time because she's always been a little bit intimidated mm. with tournament pinball. And it's not because men or anything like that. Like she's never had any issues really about that at all. It's just more about that. She's like, I don't feel like I can compete with the carry wings or the assassin up in Wisconsin. Like there's just no <laughs> way. So it's kind of like one of those things. She's almost like a female version of Zach Minnie without all the singing and hot tub talk <laughs> and all that, you know, it's, it's kind of like that uh, okay. to where she just, she doesn't, if she's not going to take first, yeah. have a chance at first she's like why why mess why with do it, it? Sure. right she'll and she'll do it sometimes but now she's gotten to where because i've told her i'm like okay you're an engineer so you can basically remember everything you played college softball so you've got hand-eye coordination just put those two things together and it's just been one of those things it's funny she doesn't ask me for any advice she doesn't ask for rule sets or anything she just flips every day and she's just been playing and it's finally just kind of coming together. And the most hilarious part about this, she came up to me and she's like, you know what? I see why you like this pinball thing. If you play halfway <laughs> decent, it's yeah, actually a lot yeah. of fun. But then about two hours later, she was complaining because she was in a Josh Sharp's group and Jason Weirdrick. And she's just like, I don't understand this because I'm just sitting here for 30 minutes, not playing at all. And they're just playing forever. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's what happens when you play world-class players. This is competition. Could- yeah. Yep. Yep. Was it, was no. it Adam's family? It was Adam's family. Yep, yeah. it was during that time. Josh was going hard in the paint on yes. Adam's family. I think he put up like 400 million or just something ridiculous. But no, that being said, for everybody out there listening, if you have a spouse that's kind of on the fence with tournament pinball, just assure them it's fun. It's cool. It's just, I mean, you don't have to just always take first and everything to have fun when it comes to tournament pinball. I mean, if you're on the fence and you're thinking about playing, just go play, talk to people. Have a beer if you're into that. Yeah. Just hang out, and a lot of good can happen. For you can I, meet a lot of great people. I didn't even know my wife was checking out my new unbox games. I didn't yeah. even know she was playing them. You did there post. You, you did post a picture that your yeah. wife actually wanted to come down and play a rush game. Which she did at that moment when you heard, "Hey, hey, Tommy, can we go downstairs and play pinball?" You probably just <laughs> crumbled, right? I mean, <laughs> no, she just. I was in the basement. She came down. She's like, "I'm going to check out Rush," and I'm like, "What?" No, and Tom probably fainted. Yeah, Tom fainted. like probably hissed at her. He's like, "What are you doing down here? <laughs> Stay well, away from my toys." <laughs> well, Tom, I I don't know when it was that you accepted that Neil is Neil is better than you. I I think you know that. I think you've accepted yeah, that. So it's I'm, true. I, I it will be here when Travis finally realizes that Monica <laughs> is superior and that's fine we'll wait for that uh, we've all known it so it's fine all right i'm gonna give a small flex here when she gets on the front page when monica gets on the front page of ifba then she can come talk to me got it 
No, when, hey, when Monica gets on the front page, I think I think Tom, we found our third. I think we found our third host. Think, Joel, yeah. Joel, yeah. we're both on the front page. I know you've li- you've been there. I mean, you're this. Joel, is, no, this, this is, is your my Joel. first time. Oh. Joel, Tom is officially a better pinball player than Eric Stone. Wow, <laughs> that is not yeah. true either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't care what the ranking system says. <laughs> I know he's a monster of a player. <laughs> yeah. wow. That's awesome, guys. I'm I I'm proud of you guys, and and once again, it's very uh, if it's not blatantly apparent, like I'm not, I do not fit in with this group. <laughs> I'm the odd one out, but that we, is we what like, makes it enjoyable. We like competitive pinball, Joel. Yes, you do. Are you you're Joel? Are you saying you're like the big bird next to Darth Vader in that meme? Where <laughs> sure. <it> says like, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. But um, when are you going to play a tournament, though? We tried to get you to sign up for the TPF I know, Classic. I know. Wait, the reality is, the uh, maybe next, um, maybe next expo, I'll sign up because I like that idea of everybody makes the playoffs. It's just at what point you get in. Oh. I think we it need to make sense. Joel sign up for like just something at District Eighty Two, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Finding yeah. time to get up there. the The bigger thing is like I have no interest in in just paying money to go play eight games and realize all my scores suck and I don't even like that's See, it. It's now, just you like, sound you like play more did. games yeah. than that. You sound okay. like Monica did. Yeah. I, I would like to do the head to head though, like to actually go against and see what I need to hit, like see what I need to play. That sounds fun. So we will, uh, Oh, it'll happen. It'll so happen. So let me get this point. straight. The only time Joel, that you'll mm-hmm. play in a tournament is when everybody makes the playoffs. Well, no, it's, I just want to get like, go ahead and put me in a, in a four person, get like a four person game where we're actually all playing the game at the same time. But the idea of just playing games to, to get a score and enter it in and then see whether or not you get enough points to like make something. I don't, I just, I don't know. That doesn't sound nearly as appetizing as like actually alternating who's playing at the same time and seeing them do something and then seeing if I can repeat it. But you realize that Expo, you will have to do that before. Yeah, but everybody up, right? gets in. So it's like, I, even if I'm at the bottom, I'll still get to experience the actual playing against other people. That's, okay. That's okay. the guarantee. But I got you. I, I got until you. then, I'll keep doing my, you know, single home tournaments and uh, <laughs> yeah. losing. But How's that winning? Yeah, I was about to say, how yeah. many home tournaments have you won? Uh, zero. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's really sad. But um, I don't know. Let's look at the list here. Number three. Uh, it's on here twice. Um there's a, so yesterday was my birthday. There's no good transition into this, but yesterday was my birthday. Happy and, birthday, um, Joel. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, my wife gave me free reign. So she's like, you can do whatever you want. I said, great. There's uh, up in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, there's this place called Wizard World. It's Fort Wayne Pinball. Um, and they have over 150 games. I mean, they have a ton of games under one roof. I know they're all in, cr- like kept up in really good shape. So I told her, I said, I want to go play pinball and I'm going to meet my brother there and the best man at my wedding, my good friend Will's going to go and I'm going to take my brother-in-law. She's like, so you don't want to spend the day with your wife and children? I said, no, I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I, so Father of the Year yeah, award yeah. goes yeah. to I did Joel. That. I did that all day Saturday. It was a great time, but it was awesome. She gave me the, she gave me the day to go do that. And um, I went up there and that's where I had the chance to play the Rush LE. I got to give the, the the owner of the place, his name's Mike. It's ridiculous. I mean, he buys LEs. He'll buy the Pro, put it on location because he gets it first. And then as soon as his LE shows up, he puts the LE on location, then sells the Pro. So, I mean, he is wow. on top of it. They do tournaments. It's an awesome, awesome facility. Um, but there are a few takeaways from that. There was a few takeaways from that. So one was the the Rush LE. I mean, I, I played that, had a great time. Um 
kind of told you my thoughts on that. Did I you had a, play any other pens? I did. I did. Um, we'll go positive first. Uh, Godzilla LE. <laughs> played Godzilla LE. I know I had actually played one at Expo. Zach uh, had had his there. And that's where I really got to experience the toys and the mechs and everything about Godzilla. And and I've, I had the Pro here at the house. I was borrowing that. And then it, it was replaced with Rush. And I will tell you, just stepping up to Godzilla again and playing it, like I miss it. <laughs> I miss that game. The way it shoots, it's just overall a fun game. And that was a that was a really fun game to get my brother or my brother-in-law to step up to. And I just told him, like, just hit the building and watch what happens. And giving them simple tasks like that to actually see a really cool mech. Um, they they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it a lot. So once again, I know we've we've all three of us have kind of gushed on how good um Godzilla is, but it really is that good. I, I, oh, don't worry. We'll yeah. talk about some more. After we get the number four. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yep, there we go. So there's the positive. So the negative, and, and, and this is not a new thing for this podcast, um, oh but, but Halloween. I, <laughs> I played Halloween, and, and just, you know, the disclaimer once again, like, I own a TNA. I like Spooky Pinball. I think they, I've, I've enjoyed them. I, like, I have nothing against the company, but we have had our doubts on Halloween since it was announced you know when you look at the layout there was just a lot of questions and then travis spent so much time on that game before a lot of other people six hours so much time on that game before a lot of the code was fleshed out and and you just kind of pointed out a lot of things (laughs) you're just like mechanically i'm seeing this issue i'm just there was a lot of concerns and there was a lot of bold statements that came out of that um being you know something along the lines of like worst pinball experience i've had since i don't know uh wood rail days or something I don't know. it was thunderbirds thunderbirds, thunderbirds. yeah cosmos. so it was one of those yeah, like cosmos was horrible yeah <laughs> tom graf and my friendship nearly ended yeah over that that's getting off okay joel go ahead this is Sorry. joel talks yes so halloween so <laughs> i stepped up to halloween with my brother-in-law and um, my brother-in-law is—he likes pinball. He's not bad at pinball, but just not a, like an, a crazy good player or something like that. Um, we stepped up to that, and uh, I will say the game was built like we had just played a taxi before. And when you play like an older play field, and you see the ball kind of moving based on inserts and stuff and wear and stuff, to step up to a brand like that game, that playful play field was as smooth as glass. Like it's one of those like this is printed well. That's great. Uh, he also thought it was really cool seeing the knife at the top, like the knife topper, like the stabbing. That was pretty cool, but that's it. Like that's where the positive comments kind of stop. And, and what I mean is we just, the shots, I, we had no idea what to do. And there was a mode, we got into one mode and what we finally figured out is to get through that mode, we had to hit a drop target on the second play field and it was saying hit the scoop but it wasn't the scoop the main pumpkin scoop it was it was like a scoop on the second play field and nothing was really indicating that until we finally saw the light flashing but then there's nothing that really indicates how you get to that secondary play field like i know how to do it and i had to say like no there's kind of a shot here to the left of the scoop like that's kind of where you want to go and then it goes up really fast and it's just it was just certain things like that, like the shot layout and communicating what you want to do to the player. And then the center ramp, the number of rejects we had on that, we never once got to the upper play field, the third play field, because of the center ramp. You have to hit it so many times, then there's a diverter that turns. And it was just one of those things of, we only played 
one or two like we played a two-player game but we just walked away i mean after it was over we're just like it was just such an unpleasant experience and and i hate being negative and i hate being that guy sounds like you like, really enjoyed it joel yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like the first time yeah. i've ever heard joel not like something it was it's amazing but, but it's just like all pinball's fun right like everybody says that all pinball's fun but the elevators like even though i knew they were coming you just instinctually if i shoot a ball in the scoop i'm expecting the ball to come out of the scoop it doesn't mm-hmm. It's like you you have to train yourself that. And I remember warning my brother. I was like, hey, just a heads up. If you ever play this game, the ball doesn't come out of the scoop. It comes out of the elevator. And like 10 minutes later, it comes by. He's like, yep, definitely got like got tricked on those elevators. And they just, you know, it just rolls right down the middle. And and it's just stuff like that. Like some of these decisions, I don't know. I, I just I felt bad disliking it as much as I did. But I walked away almost more of this like I understand now. Like I understand why people dislike this as much as they do and um i mean the art package was great it visually looks like a great game but i will just say my overall play experience was just not enjoyable and and i don't want to be that guy the the media guy that's just crapping well, on a game but well it's it's a fair sounds statement like it be- to me i think overall tom (laughs) that was pretty funny yeah i love i love tom i gotta gather my thought again but no so i mean what you're saying is fair and i think the reason why it's fair is because i mean i enjoyed rick and morty i enjoyed tna i enjoyed alice cooper like those three games i had fun with and i think Mm -hmm. it's important that we have to be honest about our experiences on these games to where if you sugarcoat it at all, who's going to learn, you know, cause we're the consumers, we're the people pumping quarters in or other people that are buying the game. It's good to have some type of feedback. So now, you know, like, Hey, let's not put as many scoops on or, Hey, let's not try to do all these upper play fields or, Hey, let's, let's figure out a different type of shot. Cause there's, I mean, there's some elements in there that could be positive. Like I hate the name, but the, but pretzel shot, I mean, that's a fun shot when yeah. it executes properly. That is a fun shot. But outside of that, yeah, it's a little bit lacking, so to say. So, I mean, I, I think that this whole thing, it's its definitely, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that still haven't got their game yet. They're either trying to sell it or they're just kind of waiting. I mean, I would say if you're, if you're in on one and you've decided to stick in, just go into it knowing that whatever expectations you have, just take it for what it is, play it, and just try to figure out something that you like about it. If you don't, then I don't know. I, I don't know what to say after that. But hopefully, I think Spooky's going to learn from this experience, though. I don't think that we'll see a layout like that for the next game, or at least whatever game that they have coming out next. And I'm hoping, too, when it comes to rules and everything, that they they go back to finding somebody like Bowen or somebody that fully understands the just getting things to where it gives you incentive to go after everything. Cause it just it still feels like everything's really disjointed the last time I played it, which was a couple of months ago. So I don't know, maybe the code is just way different than what it is now. But I mean, we had to play it in a, uh, in a tournament locally and it just, I mean, all I did to be honest with you is I just kept hitting the center ramp the whole time. And that's, that's it. Did like you I just win? Spam- uh, yeah, of course, Tom. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, my center, enough, my yeah. center, my center ram Monica didn't reject there that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, my center <laughs> ram didn't reject as much either. It finally started going through, so it was only rejecting like maybe twice out of every four shots. That would be fifty percent if you yep, want to. Yeah, that would. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only half the time, <laughs> you know. No, it was just. Uh, I mean, we were stuck in a mode, which I'm pretty sure that mode won't let you go to the the butt pretzel because my. It was, yeah, he was just actually hitting, like, he would hit the center ramp, it would divert to the left, it would feed the left flipper, and then he just hit the center ramp again. And he just kept doing it yep. over and over and over, waiting for it to go right. It never went. So, did it did it have the combo built into that still? Did you notice that or not? No, I don't know, but it was, I mean, we weren't looking. It's just what I found. I mean, I went to play pinball with three people that like pinball, but Mm -hmm. they're not to the level of like, they don't really care about rules and code and depth. Like they just want to have a fun experience on a game. And that's what I found walking up to whatever game I found. They just want me to tell them something like cool to experience. So like if we walk up to Simpsons pinball party, I'm saying hit the garage, you're going to hit it up there, it's going to end up on the secondary play field. And when you're up there, you can hit behind the TV. And then if you go up there, you can hit the couch, like a simple path, something simple to do. What did you tell them on Halloween? I don't, that's the thing. I was like, you step up to Halloween and what do you want to experience? You want to get to the upper play field. You hit the scoop and you make mini Mike just pop out of the hedge. But those are, that's the thing that it's like, here we are, we're trying to, to do the thing that you're like, we want to get up to that upper play field and nothing is communicating it or allowing us to do that in an easy way. And that's what I'm realizing is how important it is to like communicate things, especially the fun things on a game. And, and to, to change from Halloween, another game that, that really let me down was, um, was guns and roses, like JJP's guns and roses. I, once again, like the four of us, I I've put some time on it, but that's almost the opposite where it's like, there's so much going on that there's nothing that's being communicated to us because everything's being communicated to us. And this is sad to say, but we, we played a two player game and neither of us ever got into a song. And I remember they said like, you have to collect the seven band members. And if you get to ball three and you still don't have them, we're going to give you some band members. And I know like, my uh, the friend I was playing with, all he had to do was hit the scoop, and he couldn't. Like he couldn't hit the scoop. Never experienced the song, and he's just like, you know, the the lighting was kind of dim, so those those lights going off, it's just so much in your face that um, I don't know. I just know it was an eye opening experience for kind of novice or like people intro in the hobby that when they step up to a pinball machine, they don't care about building up, you know, combos and stuff to just blow up a game. All they want, all, they're just visually looking at a game, trying to see something physically entertaining on that game that they want to see some, you know, like my brother loved big game or not big game, um, big guns. He put $9 into big guns hmm. when we were there. And the reason he did it is because it was so, cl- it said load the cannons. So, that's all he wanted to do was experience that he wanted to load the cannons and he knew he had to load two cannons and hit up the middle. And that's, that was enough. It was communicate. I didn't communicate that to him. The game, it was clear as day. That's what he wanted to do. And it was enough of a push to put $9 into the game until he did it. Well, what you're really describing too, is why games like attack from Mars or medieval madness are so popular because it's so obvious what you're supposed to do on that. Yeah. And it's entertaining when you do it. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, that's a key element to the game because I I guess in any pinball game that you have, you always want some type of prompt for the player when you're dealing with what the lights are doing, what the callouts are doing, what the code is wanting you to do, because it's basically 
within somebody that's creating a rule set, you're also crafting a narrative that you're trying to hold the hand of the player and mm-hmm. take them on that mini journey that says, okay, you need to hit this particular shot to activate this mode, or you need to start, you need to start your multi-ball this way. And this is where all the jackpots are at. So yeah, it, it's something like that. I think it was a lot easier for games in the past to be crystal clear on that. Yeah. And now that we're getting more and more modern with everything, it's almost like if you get something like Guns N' Roses, it's not clear as day what to do. And it's not necessarily the easiest rule set to understand either because you have the full patch sys- system that basically changes the way that the game will play out, basically. It's it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure just yeah. by spamming the left ramp a whole lot. So it's just, you know, it's it's just one of those situations to where... I guess I, I could see that. And you just saw it firsthand, Joel, that when you have people that are new into pinball or just really starting to get into it, it's like you need that one particular thing to show them to do. And that's why exactly the game behind you, TNA yep. from Spooky, that's why it's so damn popular because everybody knows what to do. You lock the balls at the inline targets or the, the Denisi drops and it's very obvious what to do. And yeah. it's exciting to do it. And it's we, exciting to do it. We played three four-player co-op games when we were there on tna like i own tna yeah. we could do that yeah. but the fact that the four of us were all together in one spot we're like we got to do it we got it. and we had a blast we had a blast on that so that's why i think what's funny is my takeaway when we left what games did people have the most fun on like in review uh my brother-in-law medieval madness he freaking loves medieval madness like and it's because it's very clear what he wants to do and he just likes it like between the trolls and the castle he likes it uh everybody else tna Everybody had a lot of fun on Deadpool LE. They enjoyed Deadpool a lot. Uh, Godzilla had a lot of fun. My brother apparently freaking loves big game or big guns. Big, there was a big game right next to it. You really way. want big game to be part of this conversation. There was a big game right next to it. And I kept thinking about Chuck Worth the entire time because I know he loves big game. But like those were the standout games for, for, for the three hours that, that we were there. Um, so, out of so do that. you think, do you think, like a game like Guns N' Roses, do you think it's just too complicated for the average person? I I personally do. And the reason I say that is I owned a Hobbit. I owned a Hobbit for over a year. And I know the first time I played a Hobbit, I did not like it. And it, the only reason I got a Hobbit is because of watching Kevin Manny on Buffalo Pinball blow it up and listening to the ways he explained, explained the rules. And I was like, there's so much depth here and so many different things to do. Like, I, I want to experience this in a home environment. And I once I fully grasped the Hobbit, I loved it. I loved that game um, for over a year. But I know when I had friends and family come over and play Hobbit, no one really ever got into it because it was so overwhelming. It was so overwhelming to them. No matter how I explained it, nobody really got into it, and um, nobody cared. Like when it was gone, nobody missed it. Nobody, but I did. So I get why JJP has the 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 fanboys that it has because the people that commit to really learning their games, their games are incredible. Um, but I just don't like for the average Joe, unless all they want to see is pretty lights and just kind of cool little things. Like I just, it's almost too much. It's in my opinion. And that's usually the way that's usually the way JJP games are though. Cause pirates was the same way. And I think, Wonka kind of got there a little bit, but Wonka's rule set's a little bit more fleshed out and it makes a little bit more sense from, I guess, an approachability standpoint to where I, when I played Wonka at Tom's house, Tom was able to tell me exactly what to do in 30 seconds and it made complete sense. Now I had somebody in the past 
won't give away names, but they tried to explain to me how to play pirates with it right in front of me. And it was like me being hit over the head with an encyclopedia. And I usually pick up on rule sets awfully quickly. And I just, you know, my mind was just blown by, by what it was. But that being said, those types of games though, I think for people that are rules junkies, it's, it's a fun experience if you have it at home and you're trying to figure out all the paths to take. So there is value in that, that I appreciate. I know when I had a GNR, I, I brought one here just to try it out because I played the LE on location and I just, I didn't really like it too much, but I had an opportunity to get a standard and I wasn't going to lose any money. It's basically just like a glorified rental. So I got to play it for a while and yeah, I had general fun on it, but I could tell also too, it's, it got to be very wood choppy yeah, after a yeah. while because it was a very specific way to go blow up the game for more than 200 million points or however much you want to do. There's a very specific patch system to go through. And so, I mean, it's, and I don't know if that's more me or the code or what it is, because of course you can play a game any way you want to play it. But at the same time, I feel like if I'm putting in the same amount of work, I kind of want to see that number be a big number at the end of the day, than see it be small. So, and that, so I had, I actually owned TNA and I only owned it for a few weeks. That was the only game I owned. And this is when nobody really liked Hobbit. And so I actually traded my TNA plus, I think, a little money for Hobbit. And and what I realized quickly was I went from having a game that I was literally inviting anybody that came over to come down and play with me being TNA and had the most fun playing that game with other people than any other pinball machine because it was a game that everybody could play. I went from having that, like an incredibly versatile multiplayer game, to a game that nobody cared about. And mm-hmm. I loved Hobbit. I loved it for over a year, like really dove into that game. But it was a sacrifice. It, it went from like this multi, multiple people experience to a single player game. And And if anybody ever played there i would never play it with them i would like stand there and coach them because i'm not going to play a ball for 20 minutes and have somebody play it for 30 seconds like it just that's not an enjoyable thing so that was really eye-opening to me and i ended up getting tna back and that's kind of where i'm at with jjp games is i just if you're used to playing games by yourself and that's you want to just do that then i jjp there's some it's incredible like what's built into that game that's great i just don't I just struggle to bring a novice player into the hobby on a JJP machine. I just think it's too much. Um, but Tom, I mean, you have a ridiculous collection. You've had a large collection for a lot of years too. I mean, you've had a lot of friends and family over. What type of year in your collection, what games do you see? Or do you have any specific titles that I, pop into your head? I don't that, let like, them play the damn games, Joe. <laughs> you hiss at them like you was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, do you have any titles that pop into your head of like, this is what casual players typically step up to or actually play yeah, more than not once? not necessarily. It's just, it's more based on theme. Like when my, my niece and sister-in-law were over and I had a Wizard of Oz, they kind of gravitated towards that because they liked the theme. You know, so I find, you know, non-pinball people tend to just gravitate towards the theme. Huh. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I've heard people that when they have parties, like, Stranger Things is the number one played game because all they want to do is bop that guy in the mouth. It's like that also has two things going for it. It has the theme 
Yeah. And it has the obvious objective straight in front of you. Right. I mean, sure. I mean, that's, that's a big draw right there. And I mean, that's why I got a stranger things on location and it just absolutely just destroys. Just crushes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, just for that reason. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That was my, it was just kind of an eye opening thing. Like I would say if anybody's within driving distance of wizard world, it's, it, you just search Fort Wayne pinball up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Absolutely go. Everything was incredibly well-maintained a ton of great games. Um, and it was just really a unique experience of playing all these different games with, you know, my brother and my brother-in-law and my friend and their skill levels and just seeing what games attract they're attracted to compared to the games that I'm attracted to. And, um, I don't know. I learned a lot and, and trying to find the games that we, we, that we all like for various reasons was a challenge. Um, which, Kind you, of leads me to point four. Unless, well, did you have fun at least? Oh, I had a great time. Did you, you had a good birthday? Oh, it was a great time. Okay. Halloween didn't get you down too much? No, it was more recovery? like I was, I didn't want to be the guy. I didn't want to just like join in on like, oh, let's crap on Halloween. Ha ha. When I had never touched one, but now I touched one. It was like, dang, I was, they're right. <laughs> like, I, don't, I felt bad, but it's like, is Travis being dramatic? No, Travis is being accurate um so i i I try to i try to tell my truth that's what i try to do and maybe if it was in a home use environment like a home environment where i could really listen to the game better really focus i mean i get if you're a diehard halloween fan and you're you're dead set on having it (laughs) could you find that game fun i i bet i mean once you learn the shots and learn what you need to do i bet you could absolutely have a great time on that game but it just there's I mean, so many other games that just blow me away, you know, the first few times you play it, and that well, that isn't one of them. Oh, Tom's holding, no, Tom's raising his hand, Travis. Oh, yeah. Tom's raising oh, his hand. Wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. This would Tom, be a good go. time. Send your hate mail to triple drain <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, oh boy. Attention, Joel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, reality kept your is, mouth shut. Yeah. the reality is too, is that every individual is gonna enjoy or dislike a game just based off their experience. So regardless what you hear from here. Try it yourself. Flip it and find out. You might find you really, really like it. You, ne- you uh, never yeah. know. You never know. I, I have always spoken. <laughs> I, I've always been a fan of Turtles, and I know there are plenty of people that listen to this game, and they do not like Turtles. Now, Travis is just clicking the button just because he wants attention. Travis, do you actually have something to say? I like Turtles. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. So going on to point four out of a five-point list, and this is the last point. So once again, Travis cannot count or type. Um, I had an opportunity to interview Keith Elwin. And um, I, I have another podcast, so just another pinball podcast. And what I, I had a really awesome I, episode 20, I interviewed Scott Denisi and I love TNA and we were able to break down. Like, I just wanted to know from start to finish, what was your design concept? I, like, I love to show how it's made. I want to know behind the curtain, like, take me through the whole process. And I loved doing that interview. And when I got a Deadpool, I realized how much I loved that game. And so I was, I reached out and I was blown away that that George and Tanya, George Gomez and Tanya Kleiss said they would let me interview them about Deadpool. So we did the same thing. Like, let's go step by step, go all the way through the game and talk about Deadpool. That was episode 30. It was awesome. Well, Godzilla was a similar situation. Like, this game's incredible. And it's the rules, the layouts, the shots, the everything. It's all from one guy's mind, Keith Elwin. And um I was nervous. I didn't know if I'd one be able to do it, like actually be able to interview Keith or if he was interested in doing it. Um, but it was, I was kind of intimidated. I mean, Keith Elwin is the man and, um, yeah, I had an opportunity to interview him and it, it was so much fun. What a nice guy. What a, 
he was, you could tell he was just excited to talk about something he cares so much about. And um, yeah, we went step by step through the whole thing. You know, what were your initial thoughts? And there was a lot that I learned about that. And there's a lot that that guy thinks about that I don't think people realize. Um, and so I would encourage people to go listen to the podcast. But I don't know, the two of you guys have heard it. I don't know if anything stood out to you. Um, but one of the things that I that stood out to me, and we've kind of hinted at this with some of these other games that we've talked about today. But like when Keith designed Godzilla, goal number one was the layout. And it wasn't the toys. It wasn't the theme. It wasn't the anything. It was just the layout. Like he had shots in his heads that he just wanted to experience in a pinball machine. And that's that's what he did first was design an awesome layout. And he just kind of gave himself places to add toys later. So the toys were a secondary mission for him. And that, I think, speaks volume. Like, I don't know. That really stood out to me. And I think you feel that when you play his games. Because the shots are what keep you coming back to the game. The fact that all of them feel good. Um, I don't know. You two, like, uh, we'll let Tom go first. That way Travis can really think it through. But, Tom, was there anything in that interview that, that like, stood out to you or kind of, like... Yes, actually, I think that was the most I've ever heard Keith Elwin talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it was really well done. I liked how he, you guys went, like, over the play field, and he talked about what he was thinking as far as, you know, the design. But I... Yeah, it was a great interview. Thank you. Travis? I'm just happy that I didn't kill off Joel's show. Like the, <laughs> la- yeah. the last yeah. episode he had had was six months ago with me yeah. on it, and then just nothing. And then, thank God, he... <laughs> All right, you know what? It Probably what it was is Joel realized he had reached the top yeah, of the pinball yep. podcast guest. And mm. he's just like, I had Gomez on. I had Greg Bone on. Who do I get on next? And he got me on. And he's just like, well, you're probably like shit. Now nobody else wants to be on my show. But I mean, you, know, I, you you do realize the real the reality was we were going to record a triple drain once. Tom couldn't do it. So we decided to try the two of us. And then we did a rock, paper, scissors to see if it would be my show or your show. So that is true. I mean, if you actually <laughs> want to think that you were planned, <laughs> go ahead. That is yeah. true. But yeah, now, Keith, that's, a, that's yeah. a little background. But no. So yeah, what I loved about the podcast in general is just hearing hearing the thought process behind everything. But I mean, what I've noticed, and this is why I started calling you Joel Rogan, you're <laughs> really good at getting people to open up and to talk. And that's something that's just, that's difficult to do. So, I mean, kudos to you for being able to do that, but I'm glad you're able to do that. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it was an excellent podcast overall. And I mean, there was just, there was a lot of interesting tidbits in there, but I mean, pretty much you, I, I enjoyed hearing what his process was in terms of thinking about how a shot needs to be and how long he actually takes on deciding on what to do. I mean, that's the thing. He is very thorough with everything and it shows in the end product. It shows there's a reason why all of his games are universal acclaimed or universally acclaimed, even, even Avengers. And we all knew that, Hey, he, he had to put this together awfully fast, but think about it. That's if that's his putting something together fast, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is insane. 
A hundred percent. And and that was the thing that I came away from that there there's nothing in that game that's a compromise. Like he's not gonna put something in a game that he's not proud of. And and he's gonna make it work and he's going to fine tune everything. And everything had logic. Like everything had logic. And that's that's all I can say is I would encourage you guys, it's on the pinball network, same network as this, but just uh, just another pinball podcast episode number 33 where i interview keith owen give it a listen and it just not for me but listen like just give like just listen to keith (laughs) listen to what this guy thinks about uh it just i have nothing but like i gained so much more respect for him um because it's not like he got lucky like everything that's in that game is because he thought it through and put the time and energy investment into it and uh, like a perfect example is the 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 video clips like the humor that's in that game i just thought the animation department did a really good job like no keith elwin all of the video clips that are in that game are clips that he pulled from the hours of footage they had and edited down and told them to put it in the game like that blew me like i did not expect that i did well, not expect that you've noticed that the ball saves they they yeah. tell like a mini story yeah. within it that's the thing that cracks me up the most like those are hilarious in themselves but that's the thing is it's just like that's this is keith like and i i know he's giving credit like he has an amazing engineer his coder is incredible there are obviously other people contributing to this game but this guy he is taking on the des- the game designer role like entirely designing like he has the vision not only for the layout what he wants the mechs to do keeping the cost down so that they can get everything in the game knowing how much he wants to use the theme get the clips in everything like he is taking ownership of all that and and he explains it all and he talks through all of it um he to be honest when we started that podcast he he's like yeah let's shoot for an hour and i would have happily talked to that guy for another hour um and and i know he had he had more he had way more to talk about. So give it a listen. Um, but uh, and I did I did learn that he listens to this podcast. So Keith, if you're listening, thanks again. <laughs> thanks again well, for being on here. I was about to say it now. This is gonna sound like a kiss ass since you said that, but I still have this thought in my mind. Uh, the thing that you realize if you ever have an opportunity to talk to Keith, you realize really quick that this man has forgotten more pinball than <laughs> what we'll ever know. Like it, it's amazing. And so I mean that just goes to show you what really goes into these games. And we could say the same thing about, about Raymond, about, I know whenever I talk to Colin McAlpine, I mean, there's a Steve Bowden, there's a full list of names that there's just so many. Tom Graff. Yeah, yeah. Tom Graff. Oh, of course. God. Of course, Tom Graff. <laughs> there's so many highly intelligent people out there that just, when they see pinball, they just see it on a whole yeah. another level. I mean, it's like Neo in the matrix. I imagine it's just code that that's all they see. And so, it's very impressive when you get to pull the curtain or get to see the curtain pulled back a little bit and you get to hear just the nuance that you might not even realize it's there and it makes you appreciate the games that much more. Yep. hundred percent. And that's where, um, I know, I mean, I just, I think we're living in a time right now where there's some amazing pinball machines being created and coded and, um, I just know, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate and lucky that I've had an opportunity to kind of pick the brains of some of these amazing people. And, uh, you know, to have people like Raymond Davidson, who's come on my streams to explain things. I, I just like, I just, I I just want to get as much of that out there and soak it all in. Um, so it's awesome. This is a fun time. And I, I, this is a lot of fun. I mean, podcasting, just shooting the breeze with the two of you guys is great time, but then to kind of turn it over and just be able to sit down and 
just <laughs> sit back and listen to some of these really amazing pinball people talk about the stuff that they make is has been a ton of fun ton of fun but um yeah that's the end of our that's our fourth point on a five point list uh, and that's the last point because once again travis can't number um <laughs> i don't know tom you got anything else you good yeah i'm kind of tired <laughs> that really took it out of you that first 20 minutes really <laughs> really took it out of you i could tell yeah he just coasted the rest of the podcast he's like i'm good so yeah, i'm good I said at my piece so i'm good so at I'm travis good at. <laughs> well i know um zach many had kind of said at the beginning of march that he was going to take a break for a few weeks so i know i mean i just released a podcast i know there's a few more coming out from some of the other channels i'm, I'm glad this one's getting out uh the three of us did talk that i think we're gonna try to get a podcast out before tpn with the focus T- being tpf tpn tpf 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 texas pinball pinball network no text Texas. <laughs> oh dear Lord. Texas Pinball okay. Festival. Texas and Pinball I Festival. Made, I get made fun of for not being able to count. Yeah. <sighs> that's yeah. not going away. Yeah. Oklahoma math is real. And your but tours. Your tours. <laughs> so tour. Um, tour. Tour. Uh, so yes, Texas Pinball Festival. I know Travis and I are both going to be there. Verdict's still out on Tom, even though he said definitively no, I, but you no. know, we're gonna hold out hope. You like, never know about Tom. I gotta tripod. be a dental hero. <laughs> I gotta so, be a dental hero. Okay, you got to fix the teeth. Um, yep. So yeah, so they we will be there, but I think the three of us are going to record a podcast before, especially once they release the tournament bank. I think we're going to try to fo- like. I think we might do a triple combo on every game in the tournament bank. You know why not? We haven't done it in a while. We got a lot of catching up to do. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, we can do some plugs real quick, uh, Travis. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me here on the uh, Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. <laughs> I do still have a YouTube. I'm just taking a brief hiatus from that, roughly two and a half months worth now. But don't worry, I've mm. been getting messages. Uh, there is more content that is coming out. It's just it's going to take some time. But other than that, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys can find me here. Uh, Travis has been trying to grow a mustache, and he said he wasn't going to be on video again until it comes in. So what do you need, another month or two? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe some Rogaine in four (laughs) months. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Tom, I know there's, there's been, there has been a lot at district 82 and there's a lot coming up. So plug away, man. Yeah. So we got a tournament, uh, Friday, March 11th, uh, knockout tournament, uh, and, uh, the lucky 13 pinball tournament on, uh, Saturday. So uh, the Friday night one starts at 6 p.m. And the Saturday one, I believe, starts at noon. And you can find me on Twitch at Fox City's Pinball or on Instagram and Facebook for announcements. Perfect. And, and YouTube. But There you go. Yeah. And I am, uh, I'm Joel. I do, um, well, I just did a Just Another Pinball podcast. And then I do... Um, the pinball network stream every wednesday night and then every other thursday i do a flipping out stream i will tell you this thursday is going to be pretty cool um this thursday i'm actually streaming the billy madison retheme pin uh that's pretty cool yeah it turns out the people that made that live 20 minutes from me Hmm. and um so yeah we've we've arranged that so if everything works out um i'm going over wednesday night setting everything up testing it making sure everything's good and then thursday night we're actually going to stream that pin so that'll be on the flipping out twitch channel uh which will be um a lot of fun so 
Yeah, that's it for me. Otherwise, like always, if there's anything you know that we can do for you, feel free to email us uh, at tripledrain at gmail.com. And um, yeah, is that all? Travis, you good? You shaking your head? You yeah, doing? just direct all hate mail to uh, Joel uh, Rogan here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Like always, Tom, you get the last words. Let's uh, flip out of here. Ooh, catchy. Oh, I shouldn't respond. Never mind. Do it again. Damn it, I, Joel. I'll keep my mouth okay. shut, but I was not Let's expecting that. flip out of here.